Hello and welcome to a new episode of Tamer Talks Change. Today I'm going to talk about a topic that we all experience in our corporate lives in one way or another. We actually experience it all the time. It's about building trust within a team and uh, the leader responsibility to do that and the team responsibility to do that as well. It's a super interesting topic, uh, and we will tackle it together with my guest today from the perspective of what is trust, what is the lead, what are the leader responsibilities to build trust, and what is the team responsibility and role in building trust in a team. So my guest today is a CFO with more than 25 years of experience across multiple companies and countries. He is also a certified executive and team coach. He's a French national living in Germany, where he lives with his family. Please join me in welcoming Pascal Magnon. Remember to click subscribe to the channel, show your support to the podcast and to me. Click like if you like the episode and leave your comments and above all. Share it with someone who you believe can benefit of it. Hey, Pascal, how are you? Hi, Tamara. I'm very well, thank you. I'm thank not you sure if I should say bonjour or guten morgen. Yeah, both are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the episode, Pascal. Thank you. So, Pascal, uh, we had a an interesting discussion preparing for this episode, and uh, I love your recommendation on the topic of building trust in a team. Uh, it is something that I believe all professionals experience uh, in their corporate careers. And um, it is something that uh, that I believe will be super interesting to discuss the aspects of it from, from different angles and perspectives. So if we get started by aligning our definition of trust, what does trust in a team mean to you? So for me, trust, Within the context of a team, it's it's more like a behavior. Um, and so certain things that you do or you don't do that allow people to feel that there is a positive connection with you in a way and that they understand how you act, how you work, how you behave. And because they understand that, they know within which boundaries they can do their work. Um, and if you can create that specific behavior and that specific understanding, basically the team will perform better because they won't be bothered by oh, what happens if uh, Pascal acts this way in that situation. What happens if, because that won't happen if you create the trust, if you have the right set of behaviors. Do we dare to say that it is, um, it is, believing or trusting in the leader's uh, decisions, even though when they don't make much sense to us without having to kind of seek to know the bigger picture? Okay. Yeah, that's that's another perspective of it. Uh, I, I think it's it, it might be a bit limiting uh, because for me, trust is also about um, knowing what you can do with the leader versus what you can't do with the leader or what you can do within a team or not do within a team um, because you will have discussed those things before. Um, 
I mean, I can take a quick example, like conflict management, which is usually a top leadership challenge. If you talk with your team about, hey guys, how do we want to uh, behave when we have conflict or disagreement in the team? Once you have talked about that and you have agreed what the rules or behaviors are that you want to see, there's no problem for the team. There is trust because everybody knows how each disagreement will be processed. So I, I find the, the perspective you offer is, is an interesting one, but I find it also a little bit limiting. It's, you, you're, you're, you're taking it to a lot of a broader uh, spectrum, which I love it because it <clears> is also what you just mentioned. And I, uh, and I have seen that firsthand, whether, you know, as part of a team or when I am the leader of the team, uh, the ability of the team members to trust each other, not only their leader, <clears throat> the ability, obviously conflict management is something that we'll definitely have to tackle on a, on a separate episode. It's just a uh, such a vast topic, but the ability of the team members to speak to each other about conflict, to speak to each other about their thoughts and share what they truly believe and what they, they truly think. And yeah. that's kind of the, the path to uh, to eventually being able to work together. And that's kind of what the, the harmony, what we see as a harmony in a team and trust in a team. And obviously that's not something that comes easy because I would like to argue that in most cases, if not all, it's not that, you know, a leader comes in and, you know, cherry picks his team. It's just you... You land somewhere and there are team members who are already there. You might add new team members. So there is always a mix of old slash new team members, you know. Uh, and it's eventually something that the whole group will have to create the trust in a team, regardless of how long they've been there, what they were doing, what their background. Have they worked with the leader? Have they worked with each other uh, or not before? Yeah, I agree. That That's definitely... And to me, that's the first... Um, the first task of a leader on a new team that they should work on, like establishing yeah. this trust, giving the trust a little bit unconditionally in the beginning, because they, they also need to make sure um, that they can rely on the people. I mean, there's no way if you're the leader of a new team that you will be a functioning 100% uh, well from day one. So, so you need Definitely. to also give some unconditional trust at first as the leader. Definitely. And I like to think that practically everyone listening to this episode would agree to what we say, that there has to be trust in a team and that life is a lot better with a team that you trust than one you don't, especially for those who had experienced it. And that's why I would like to take it with you to a more practical dimension. Mm-hmm. First, how what are the conditions to create trust? How do we create trust in a team? Let's talk, you know, let's both on both you and I be practical, you know, about it. Again, from both perspectives, leader perspective and, and team perspective. Yeah. So for so for me, based on my experience and what I have done with teams in the past, like the conditions to create trust, it's essentially three things you need to do. Uh, the first one is to develop positive relationships with people. Um, so obviously that does not mean you need to be best friend with everyone on the team that you need to go party with everybody, but you, but you need to be able to develop relationships where you focus on the positive side. Uh, so even people who struggle, etc., you need to have a mindset that you are here as the leader to support the people and you're not here, um, necessarily to, uh, 
address performance systematically and that if somebody is struggling in the team, maybe there's a reason for that. And by nurturing that positive relationship thing, uh, you can focus more on, okay, what, what does that person need to be more efficient in the team? Uh, and I find that if you, if you take the team as a, as a whole system, you can also work on that because again, the same way you can discuss with your team about, okay, guys, how do we want to behave when there is disagreement? You can also say, okay, how do we want to behave or what do we want to do when somebody in the team struggle, struggles? Do we, how do we want to help uh, that person? Um, and again, it's it's a way to uh, to demonstrate that you trust the team to be able to do that themselves, that they don't need you, the leader, to always uh, bring the support them. to the people who struggle. So that's what I call developing positive relationships. And obviously, it goes beyond your team. It, it, it goes to uh, other teams as well or other stakeholders in the company. So developing those positive relationships are things that you where you can create enough uh, assets for you um, that you can leverage later when you need. The second thing is you need to lead with consistency because if you if, if for the same cases, one time you say yes, one time you say no, people will get confused and there's no way they will trust you because they don't know where, where you're heading. Um, and so if you can create consistency in how you lead, um, I think that's a very positive thing for people uh, to see and that will create trust. And the last thing is you need to be credible. Um, so I can explain a bit later what I mean by that. But essentially, to me, being credible means uh, you need to do what you say you will do. Like if you say, okay, this is how we fix the problem and then the problem never gets fixed or I will do this and you never do it, uh, you can't create trust. So if you have those three things uh, in place, there's no reason really that trust could not be created on a team. Oh, Pascal, I have a, I have a lot of comments to, uh, to what you just said and I love it because the, the very first aspect when we talk about building relationship with the team is exactly what I, have in, what I had in mind. It's not about building friendships and it's not about building personal relationships uh you know outside of the workplace but it is i i like to think of it as building or finding enough common grounds as human beings to get to know each other and uh, and i had done in in this um not in the beginning of of my career as a leader like in the beginning i probably i gave five percent attention to that aspect and 95 percent was to the business what do we need to do? And, uh, you know, and which is the second aspect. Second aspect is aligning roles and being clear on roles and responsibilities, which is which is amazing and something that we all have to get on board with uh, when it, when there's clarity uh, on, in terms of what each one uh, responsibility and, and duties are. How do we how do we tackle disagreements? How do we solve or approach conflicts? It's definitely one of the one of the most important things to build trust in a team, which is the second point. But if I go back to the first point, it's about finding this uh, relationship with people, which I give like probably 5% attention to in the beginning of, you know, being responsible for teams to uh, to the extent that I took that to to, to being the majority of, uh, of, uh, of my responsibility as a leader in, uh, in later years. And one of the things I would uh, or I did with the team is in, in some occasions, I went to the guys to the gym. We went, we mm -hmm. had a, you know, we trained together. 
some guys we had uh, we went out or you know with a mix of people you go out for a coffee or for a meal completely informal in a weekend like you know that you're taking off your personal time and and obviously there's no pressure on anyone or everyone to to join but these kind of things when you find overlaps of common interests it's it's what you what you mentioned of building a relationship that does not have to be a friendship and that makes it easier and possible actually even for people to get to know each other as a team you know among amongst each other including including the leader and the second point i i mentioned which is the roles and responsibilities and 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 you know the consistency of uh of 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 the decision making of how things are being tackled and definitely the the part about the uh, credibility you know talk the talk and walk the walk uh, there is there is absolutely nothing to to destroy a trust uh, or the trust than saying something that you don't eventually do so <laughs> that's uh, it it looks kind of uh, kind of weak so if we go from here to how do we create the consistency? Because obviously this is a topic uh, like we can all, always as leaders or as team, you know, set the roles and be clear about it. But mm-hmm. how do we make sure uh, that we create this kind of consistency in, within the team? So for for me, the, the best way to do that, uh, so it's obviously when you start as the leader of a new team, uh, that's the best moment to do that. But you can always do it mm-hmm. after if you miss that step. It's to explain how you lead, how you manage. Uh, because, I mean, many managers, they, I think they go take over a role of managing a team and they assume that people uh, understand how a how manager work. works, but everybody is different. So, so for me, the number one thing you should do is just to explain how you lead. What's your philosophy? So what are the, what are the things you believe about? about people working together, etc. Uh, because everybody will have different understanding of that. What are the values that are important for you to demonstrate when you work? Uh, and what are your red lines also? Uh, so I think if you can articulate those three things to people, so wh- what is your general view of you as a leader when you work with people? Ba- basically, why is it that you like managing people? Because I think many managers forget that, but uh, the first role of a manager is to take care of people. So if you don't like people, it's already a tough job to do. Uh, but then explain that, why you want to manage people, uh, what values are important to you and that you want to see in the team. And again, that can be a discussion with the team. That can be, okay, what values do we want to share as a team? Um, and what are your red lines? So the things you you will never compromise on. Uh, yeah. I mean, some things are fairly straightforward, but some of our red lines sometimes can be very different depending on the leaders. That is beautiful, especially in a diverse workplace, which is kind of the case in, you know, many, uh, many corporate environments that you have people from different cultural backgrounds and the red lines vary. And and I would say sometimes they, they, they vary greatly between each other in terms of what is acceptable, what is not. And it's that's a very that's a beautiful point in terms of you know bringing up your management style, your leadership style, bringing up the common values, bringing up what we do and we don't do in this team. Um, obviously, we don't expect you know hundred percent of the people to be on board and to be aligned, but it's this is where the trust comes in. Like this is what we agree to do as a group, uh, especially when a new leader comes in. 
uh, there is always the skepticism about the new guy, you know, uh, you know, we didn't do things this way before. Why are you changing? And it is, I believe, the leader's responsibility to make sure it is clear. Why do we do things in this way? It's not, it's not dictatorship. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's rather a cooperation, and people need to understand why we do what we do. And you know, it it gives a, a total different, you know, a big dimension of comfort. Uh, uh, you know, that lays the foundation for trust afterwards. So that's uh, that's a beautiful thing. Have you had, uh, or do you remember on top of your mind any? Uh, like um differences in red lines due to cultural gaps uh or not necessarily um well i i mean for for me one i met or i faced a, a few times um i i won't say it was really a red line for me but that was something i was always very cautious about and i always want people to be cautious about is it's how you communicate especially in emails, because the styles, depending on the regions, are very different. So for instance, if you take, uh, I mean, typical examples, like an email from the US, uh, an email from Germany, in Germany, it would be very formal, etc. So, and it happened to me that some people on my team in Germany received emails from people in the US that were perfectly well written. I mean, nothing wrong with those emails in English. But the way they were perceived in Germany were they were super aggressive, almost not polite enough, et cetera. And it's just because people are not cautious about the, the style and to whom they write. Everybody assumes, okay, it's, an, it's mostly an English-speaking world in corporations. Yeah. So if, I can, if English is my native language, everybody will understand me. But the fact is, no, not everybody will understand you. And the same when you receive emails from people whose English is not the native language. They might write something in English that sounds very aggressive to you, where in their language it, it would be acceptable, but it's just a translation. That, uh, so sometimes you have to uh, raise awareness of people of the fact that uh, there is like some things that are lost in translation sometimes. So be careful about that. Don't make assumptions that because you think an email is rude, it was meant to be rude. Maybe check with the person. Yeah. That that's uh, that's yeah. totally true because obviously having worked on both sides of of your example, having <laughs> worked in Germany and in the US, I kind of uh, can see that from different perspectives and also from because I had worked with people also from all parts of the world, like <clears> from <throat> the Middle East, from from Africa, from uh, Asia. So, um, the first thing, or actually two comments I'd like to say. The first thing is. Uh, our definition of words as non-native English speakers can be dramatically different. And that is something I only realized when I had done while I was in Germany um, uh, a, a workshop with my colleagues. And we had people from, from all over the world, from, from Germany, from Italy, from, from uh, Africa, from uh, Latin America. And it was impressive how we all had different definitions for the exact same word like uh, what does this value mean to you and 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 it, you would be surprised that we all mean completely different things because you know it's a, english as a second language kind of thing and the second point is exactly to your point when you receive an email where you don't like the tone where there is actually it's it's an emotionless way of communication you don't see the peer person you don't hear him 
or her. And it makes it very difficult to really understand the intention behind it. And one of the things that I always try to use to solve this, because I was a victim of that as well, uh, whether at the receiving end or the sending end, um, it is always when you see something you you don't you don't like as a team member or as a person, you always speak up. You always reach out, you know, one to one, and and try to understand like what did what did you mean by this? Like, like I can sense a frustration, or and that typically goes a long way. And instead of hit the reply all button and go onto a revenge quest and you know try yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to to capture your lost rights and and eventually it ends up uh, like you completely derail from from the business and the topic at hand and you know it it, it becomes personal from there so so what are the mistakes you believe uh, leaders do when they are starting with a team so i think plenty but plenty I, I know. <laughs> the ones the ones i am seeing <clears throat> The most and that I have made myself uh, also occasionally. Uh, the first thing is you might think that trust would just happen because you're the new leader and obviously you're the most intelligent and you know you know everything etc and you think that people would just trust you because you've been named the leader but that will just not happen like that. Uh, like I said you need to develop those positive relationships, you need to uh, explain to people how you want to lead the team, to work with the team, and you need to be credible. As long as you don't have those pieces in place, there's no way you can create trust, in my opinion. Uh, I think also if you, uh, especially when you're first-time manager, the critical thing is to make the shift between going from individual contributor to being a leader. Um, and if people see you do that correctly, they will trust you more because they will see that you don't want to uh, micromanage or you don't want to uh, continue doing stuff while it's no longer really your responsibility to do the stuff um, you're supposed to do. Um, I think if you, uh, another mistake I've seen plenty of times is since you become the leader, you might think that you need to make all the decisions and you don't need to listen to other opinions. And I think that's, uh, that's the best recipe to... Uh, to be completely alone at the top. Isolated. Uh, so I think, yeah, exactly. You have to, to stay open, to, you have to ask questions, you have to, you have to be frank when you don't know something because there will be plenty of things you don't know. You, don't, you might not know how people work. You might not know what their pain points are. So you can't fix anything if you don't know those things. So for me, a key mistake that people make is not asking enough questions at the beginning. Um, and then I think also what I've seen uh, sporadically people do is uh, leaders thinking that they must be the savior. So every every time there is a problem, they think, okay, I need to jump in and solve it. Uh, but it's not the role of the leader. I mean, in the, the there might be problems where only the leader can solve a problem for a number of reasons. Uh, but more often than not, I would think that the best way to do it is to teach the team how to solve problems by themselves. And you can support them, obviously, uh, but you should not be the one like playing Superman or uh, trying to solve everybody's problems because there's no way you can do your job if you start doing that. Those are three fatal mistakes. So if I sum it up, 
it is the very first one. Do not assume that you people trust you when you just take over a new team. Um, inclusivity of everyone, especially in the decision-making process. And the third one was... Don't be the savior. The, don't be, don't be the savior. Because, yeah, I love it. And and let me let me give you my contribution to all three. <clears throat> and again, this is a, an advice personally from from my own journey. Uh, I hope it's helpful for for anyone out there. Uh, the first time managers or the first time leaders, I just have a word of advice. Just uh, think of your your dream leader or your dream manager. How do they look like? I'm trying to be that. Often people just, you know, when they when they move from an individual contributor to a leader role, they forget what they didn't like in leaders and they just go ahead and exactly do that because that's what, what they know. And uh, they underestimate often the impact of their leadership styles on people, on humans' lives. So this is kind of just a, a word of advice for first-time leaders. Um, and obviously, the don't assume trust definitely works. The inclusivity, including the people, it goes a long way with what we had mentioned earlier in terms of explaining your leadership style, including why, explaining why you do what you do, how why you decide what you decide, and include be people on board. And obviously, don't feel isolated. It's not a dictatorship. It's not go right and left. And you know, uh, of course, it is the responsibility of the leader that eventually you take the decisions you believe you will be responsible for, and you, you know you can defend. Um, but obviously to include the, the people. And here I would like to advise and say, seek to understand as well as be understood. Uh, because that's also often uh, kind of uh, missing in the lines of what you uh, what you mentioned. So uh, those are all very, uh, very good mistakes, very common mistakes that, that uh, you know, a lot of, of first-time leaders especially do and, and even seasoned leaders. Um, so let me ask you, what is being credible? If we, if we focus on that dimension, because at the end of the day, being a leader and creating trust in a team, there needs to be a, a great dimension of cred credibility. What yeah. does it mean from both, again, the, the leader and the team in the, uh, perspective? So in my experience, I mean, it's like we said before, it's like walk the talk. So if you say something, you'd better do it. Um, cannot be that you tell people to do something that you yourself would not do, for instance. Um, it's it's all those behaviors you need to uh, demonstrate so that people know that you are serious about something, that you are, I mean, that you're not just talking in the air, but then no actions follow. Um, I think a good way to show credibility early on when you start as the leader is to identify quick wins that will make people happy, that will solve maybe one pain point that they have. Um, and, and I mean, most of the times I found that it's fairly easy to identify one thing that you can fix in like just a couple of days. Um, and that would just make people think, oh, okay, he's... He's been able to do that in two days already. That's that's uh, somebody who can be trusted, maybe. Um, that does not mean you will have full trust from people, but at least that will put you on a good uh, in a good direction for for gaining that trust. Um, I think also people will 
see yourself as credible if you are able to say, oops, I made a mistake. I did not understand that. Um, I have no clue. I mean, I remember one of the jobs I took. I didn't. I did not know how people were working. So I, I told them. I told them I'm not here to tell you how you were because the fact is I don't know how you work. So you will have to show me, and then maybe we can discuss. Okay, what are the real pain points here, and how we can fix them? Uh, but if people see you coming in and say, okay, we'll change all those things. Uh, without even talking to them, that's probably a, not a good plan. Um, also admitting when you make a, so like I said, when you make a mistake, but also admitting when you don't know something and ask for help. Uh, le many leaders think that, again, since they are the leader, they are, they are supposed to know everything, uh, but that's rarely the case, I guess. So asking yeah. for help is the best way to demonstrate credibility, I think. Um, yeah, that's, these would be some of the points I've seen in my career. I, I love these points, Pascal. Uh, so the, the points on, uh, on admitting a mistake and the point on asking for help. So admitting a mistake, probably it goes into the work of vulnerability or it works also in the, in the, in the work of, uh, of walk the walk and talk the talk. And, 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 um, I had, you know, I had uh, taken certain decisions as a leader that turned out to be not the, the best decision. And I had absolutely no problem correcting them and admitting that it was wrong. And I would, I was surprised because often my leaders would be like, but why would you say you were like, why would you admit it? Like, just, you know, leave it. And I'm like, what do you mean leave it? We know, I know it's wrong. I know I did a mistake with this and I have to correct it. If I correct it soon, you know, we can go on and, and do something better and, you know, achieve better success or, you know, better harmony or, you know, better results. If I just pretend and, and be arrogant and, and my ego prevents me from admitting the mistake and correct it, obviously everything else would, you know, it, it's not going to work, whether on results level, on relationship level and whatnot. So this has been something that I always believed in. Uh, and thank you for bringing this up, admitting a mistake and asking for help. The, the, there is no superman leader and even if leader know uh, uh if leaders know how to do everything which which is highly unlikely that just doesn't doesn't work uh, you have to ask help or we need to ask always help for people whether in their capacity as this is your role and i expect you to do it or i'm not the greatest when it comes to doing this task you know so maybe you can help me with it um and it goes again in the previous point we just talked about, which is, you know, getting to know people. You were just saying how you would like to get to know people. Don't tell me, let, show me how you work, show me your work, show me how you do it. And uh, and this goes a long way in terms of uh, in terms of really like being mm -hmm. a credible person because they see that uh, you do a mistake and you 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 seek to correct it and admit it. You seek you seek help and and it it goes a long way in building the trust and credibility. Uh, I really love it, uh, Pascal. Thank you very much for sharing all those uh, all those insights with us. Is there anything else you would like to bring to the topic before we break uh, of trust in a team? Any advice? Any? Well, I mean, for for me, my advice is really you need to uh, to reflect upon yourself as a leader and be able to explain your philosophy to other people. That's 
that's the key thing that will allow you to uh, to create trust. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, if you can explain what you value in life, what you won't compromise on, all those things create so much clarity for your team and for other people in the company. So beautiful. And uh, if I would share one word, and I don't want to make it uh, a complex one and go to the integrity and, and whatnot, which is super uh, important uh, for leaders and for anyone actually in their in their lives, personally and professionally. But I would say the one thing that I believe a lot of people need to work on, uh, for, at least from my, from my past experience, is communication. Um, whether it goes from the leader or it goes from the team, to the leader or from the team to each other uh and uh, the teams with with the best communication channels that i have worked in were the most productive uh and the ones with the worst communication and avoided each other and you know avoided having the conflict uh, discussion were the least productive and the least harmonious ones so uh, from my side i'll go with the communication pascal thank you very much appreciated having you here great and thank you very much for sharing your great insights and uh i appreciate it thank you tamir for having me in your podcast thanks pascal stay inspired my friends keep going and remember we can't be upset for the results we didn't get with the work we didn't do take responsibility own it